Pass the marmalade. <gasps> that is mahogany. Look at you. Just killed a placemat. You really want to know how to stay alive? You get people to like you. Oh, not what you were expecting. Uh, when you're in the middle of the games and you're starving or freezing, some water, a knife, or even some matches can mean the difference between life and death. And those things only come from sponsors. And to get sponsors, you have to make people like you. And right now, sweetheart, you're not off to a real good start. Welcome, welcome to Is It Really? The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm Effie Sharp, and may the odds be ever in your favor. I'm Caesar Smith Michaels. <laughs> And I'm a hay mitchell Dupree, sweetheart. And I have an insane wig. And here's some advice. Stay alive. Deal. And tonight we're just trying to stay alive as we ask, why do we hunger games for the next great YA franchise? <laughs> it, it hurt me. It hurt inside. Did it? it I hurt inside. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> Zach, why don't you give us the synopsis for The Hunger Games? All right, here we go. Katniss Everdeen is a resident of District 12 in the nation of Panem, a quasi-American country devastated by civil war and governed by the aristocrats. Every year, tributes from each district compete in gladiator-style battle to the death named the Hunger Games. This year, Katniss enters the arena. Oh, and there's a love triangle because it's a YA story. Yes, there is. First of all, for the uninitiated, YA means young adult. So there's a very specific class of literature and movie that kind of fits neatly inside this genre. And there have been quite a few books that have turned movie. So I want to talk about our favorite YA books that have turned movie. YA books are just books that people read. That's my short definition. They're the books people actually read. (laughs) They're wildly popular. We can get into what makes up that specific genre, but first let's kick it over to Facebook. We uh, dropped the question, had one response, so we, we <laughs> could really we could really use more responses on Facebook. Love we, we, us. That was we the covet, first time we had a go. We, we also covet your it. feedback. We dropped it at like we 12 did. o'clock last night. Yes, we're doing well. we did. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla Fanov just posted a picture of grimacing Ron Weasley. So I'm guessing she's talking about Harry Potter here, which is the Mac Daddy of the YA yes. book. <laughs> and book and Zach book just had a seizure when you said Mac Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I've heard the phrase Mac Daddy plenty of times in my life, but from Brandon, I became uh, a man. <laughs> it, works, it works. It works here. It works here very well. We have done many episodes on Harry Potter. We've talked about him. We're going to yes. do another one here in a while. So we don't have to get into Harry Potter here. It's the king, though, in my mind. I mean, 
Yes. Is that consensus? I feel like Harry or? Potter, the one thing I want to say about it in this context is it legitimized YA, if that makes sure. sense. Like yeah. YA has become progressively more popular over the last 60 years, but Harry Potter made it not just for teenagers. It's something that bleeds into the adult market as well. Yeah. Everyone reads it now. I'm going to say something that I feel like people Uh are going to think that I'm trying to say something and I'm really not. I'm just speaking my truth. (laughs) This is an area where I really have very limited experience. I didn't read a lot of... I didn't yeah. read a lot of like, yeah, but I feel like when I, I say that, people are going to be like, you're saying that they're bad? I was like, no, I'm just saying I haven't read a lot of like YA books. I haven't seen a lot of YA movies. So this is totally unwalked waters for me. And I think this is one area where the <laughs> books are consistently better than the on-screen media. Because we've talked about other movies that and adaptations, you know, were, yeah, other adaptations, and it's kind of a toss-up. Sometimes the book's better. Sometimes the movie is better. But in this case, all the ones I've read, the books are always better than the movies. Just I don't at feel least that way, actually. Only because YA books, I think, can be a little bit broad because they're appealing to a younger reader base. And sometimes there's a lot of chaff and bad writing in the YA books. Like Suzanne Collins is a great writer, for, the, and I'm not going to dip too far into the Hunger Games. But there's also a lot of wooden dialogue in these books. There's some there's some rough stuff. And, you know, not to give a spoiler, but uh, like Catching Fire is way better of a movie than the the book Catching Fire, right? Eh, I loved the book Catching Fire. I loved it more than the Hunger Games book. But yeah, I mean, we can debate that till we're, you know, blue Blue in the the face. face, But but I won't disagree with the sentiment there that uh, there is some less than stellar dialogue in some of these books. Some of I these think movies probably, too. Yeah. Uh, and the movies. I think you're probably onto something. Let someone with no experience talk about this for a second. I almost wonder if with these books, because they spark your imagination so much, because like these books are so like bigger worlds or like bigger, larger than life characters. So I think when you're reading the books in your mind, you're automatically going to like build it up quite a bit. And, you know, I think a lot of times that's why these people are disappointed with the movies or they say that the movies aren't as good because when you're reading something like your imagination is endless and when you watch it on the screen it's always going to be different than how you imagined it yeah there's an old saying i forget what writer said it but uh, basically the sentiment being a novel or a book is always going to feel better than the adaptation because it's better being itself Right. You know, yeah. meaning something always gets lost in translation. Right. But I do think, you know, we've hit on this idea before, like a lot of books, especially YA books, will make protagonists somewhat bland. They'll intentionally leave some details broad so we can put ourselves in these stories. Uh-huh. So I do think it's really easy for young readers to get intensely attached to the characters, to have strong ideas about some of these details. And then when something deviates, even there was a lot of racist response to the first Hunger Games because people had strong ideas about the race of some of the characters mm. and the races of the characters were explicitly written in the book. Right. But mm. there's always going to be, first of all, there's always going to be bad people like racist and sexist, but there's always yeah. going to be people who generally just in a broader sense have a really strong idea about the way things need to be played out in the movie. Well, I want to put something else out there, too, and uh, see if you want to step in this at all. But I think with books also, there's kind of you get to digest a little bit more like I can read a chapter or two today and then 
put the book down, think about mm-hmm. it, let it sink in, and then go back later, letting like having you know that sit. So a book could take you like more. You spend more time with it, right? And then when you have a movie that's like you know two hours long and it condenses that experience down for you, I mean it, it's just going to have a different emotional response, right? Yeah, totally. I do want to touch on a couple more of these. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Educate me. Educate me. Just a couple more before we need to move on here. One that I actually did read the books and I watched the movies and it just all wasn't that great was the Divergent series. It really felt like <gasps> Diet, Oof. the Hunger Games to yes. me. Yeah, it just wasn't fantastic. There was a lot of similarities. I feel like they were using that hunger games blueprint and just kind of insert here this Mm -hmm. new person and this new skill and this new talent Um, i think the shtick of these books doesn't always work out and that's the thing that is always altering and always changing is like what's the new rules of the world what's the new post-apocalyptic dystopian thing that they're in like you know the the shtick always changes and it doesn't always work Hmm. well i think like divergent the way you just described that to us like it's diet hunger games like a lot of the really successful ya properties spun out into these like other things right so like the hunger games gave us divergent which is like christian fiction version of hunger games it gave us the maze runner it gave us the fifth wave twilight gave us all the paranormal gross romance teen stuff that you can read on tumblr if you're into that kind of thing there's just all sorts of these like little subgenres. john green gives us like the realism or not realism but you know the self-contained people talking in a room about their feelings kind of stuff there are different like categories of ya but i think that there's a lot of imitators that kind of owe a lot to the more successful properties well violence in ya movies can be a little jarring First of all, do you guys agree with that statement? And second of all, do you think Hunger Games goes too far? So I'd never seen Hunger Games until I watched for for this uh, episode. And I remember people being like, you know, oh, these these Hunger Games, they should they should be rated R. Or people were just like, you know, oh, they're so intense and violent. And I was just kind of like, I haven't seen them, but I really don't think they are. And I was kind of taken aback watching the, the first movie when, like, I saw blood and kind of how gritty some of the violence was yeah i i was not expecting for the film to be as violent as it was and i think because the first one the cinematography is like that kind of handheld like movie camera it almost feels kind of like a cheap horror movie in some places whereas the other ones feel more big and cinematic so it's less like you know jarring to watch in some ways but this one felt like whoa this is a lot i agree with what you're saying i also think the sequels though do get more and more violent like in Mockingjay yes. like there are public executions by firing squad yeah. there's prisoner torture yeah. there's fear conditioning hospitals there's bombings it does step up the violence to a degree that I'm like whoa I'm surprised this even does get that PG-13 rating I agree with that sentiment mm-hmm. I think underneath it is a little bit more of a insidious isn't the right word but maybe just like exhausting rhetoric of like is this good for children can teenagers you know understand the proper context of that i do find that kind of ponderous thing to be a little bit tiring just to tip my cards like the rhetoric around the hunger games i felt like bothers me more than the movies themselves a lot of people want to crap on the hunger games they're pretty good movies they're pretty good books it's everyone's opinion on like how it's really about Syria and how it's about this and how it's about that. That I like totally I'm agree. not saying I'm not saying those like connections aren't there. They are. 
right? There's obviously some like strong, you can't watch scenes in Catching Fire that don't remind you of Ferguson and some of those like real world situations. So absolutely, it's, yeah. it's incredibly gripping and, and jarring. But I do think sometimes the discussion around it can just exhaust me a little bit and be a little overwrought. For some reason, these franchises find their way into these type of conversations often. Yes. And I feel like it could just be the wide viewership, the wide readership. They're just talked about a lot. I think overall, my experience with YA movies, I feel like they're always trying to push the envelope a little bit. I think we use a lot of adult themes with just a younger cast and we're calling it like young adult. But I agree that these movies, these books find themselves in like important conversations very often. And I don't think they they don't always have a message. They're not always trying to say something, but people make them important. I I do agree with that. Well, and I, well, I think another thing too is hunger games. The movie came out in like 2012, right? Yeah. So take another movie that came out in 2012. That's also rated PG 13, the first Avengers, right? Where everybody is wearing like, you know, a bright, colorful costume and they're like punching aliens in the face and whatever. And then you take the hunger games and it's like children, you know, killing each other and like stabbing each other like in cold blood. So I, I think that that also, you know, plays a fact in that like the violence in the hunger games for the most part is never played as, you know, look at how cool this is or like, you know, no. this is a thrill ride. It's meant like it's meant. And that's the thing too. Like it's meant to be shocking and jarring. So, you know, I think that they get that right because again, like that is their goal. And I think it'd be silly for us to pretend that, you know, they didn't yeah. want you to kind of like, you know, wince a little bit at these scenes. Right. Yeah. I mean, like there were a lot of comparisons to battle Royale when this came out because the idea of like kids fighting each other to the death had already been done before. Right. But I do think the meat underneath in the hunger games is there's a lot more to it, right? Like we're talking mm. about class struggle, revolution, media critiques. There's a lot going on in these books and movies that justify uh, the violence. And I do think this world has a lot to say about violence itself. And I do think it's good content for teenage audiences. Like, obviously, you have to make that that decision about what age is appropriate for your own kids. But I do think it gives a language for teenagers to deal with some of these issues in in an appropriate setting. Like the Harry Potter Alliance did this really cool campaign where it was like a hashtag thing, My Hunger Games. And it allowed Mm. teenagers to talk about economic inequality, about their experiences with childhood hunger and poverty and worker abuse that we all experience uh, or not all of us but many do right so i do think it's an important discussion and these are things that teenagers are thinking about so i applaud the series for starting that discussion see i think i missed a lot of the culture with some of these right sure yeah some of these movies and some of these books like i read the books and I watched the movies. I think I missed the culture, though. Like, I was neck deep in the Harry Potter culture, to be sure. But I think I probably missed a lot of the, uh, you know, YA culture on the whole. Some of these things you're talking about sound great, and it sounds like it sparked some good discussion. It's just not something I was aware of. Yeah. My sure. only context of Hunger Games was I went to a big youth group event with like every youth group in the area and there were a bunch of kids wearing shirts that said hunger is not a game Ugh. and they were like going to go protest the movie the next day or something like that. <laughs> but I, I think I'm just going to talk from a, a filmmaking standpoint, being outside of the culture and not just from a filmmaking standpoint, like that's it. 
when I was watching this movie, there was kind of a level. I like how they were using, you know, the Hunger Games, almost kind of like the shark and Jaws where you don't see it, but it's talked about and you kind of see like the effect on other people because I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking like, you know, these people are all living in these dystopian, terrible districts and like the winner of the Hunger Games gets like, you know, a lifetime of riches and glory or whatever. And you can kind of like, you know, make your life a little better. So I was like these and you can also volunteer for the games, too. And I was like, nobody ever volunteers like these games must be pretty bad if like if no one wants to like these games must be horrible. But then I was like, okay, like I get that they are. But now I need to see it. And immediately, like once everyone lands on on that plane on, on the grass and they just start going at it, I was like, oh, yeah, immediately. I I would not I would never want to volunteer for this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really smart filmmaking choices. We see District 11 in one of the movies, and it very much looks like a plantation. That's the one where a lot of the black people are. Where Rue and Thresh came from. Right. They're both. Yeah, exactly. Uh, PETA in the later movie, it's like he got out of Guantanamo Bay, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, the way he's gaunt. Uh, and he's been tortured. And I think the movies do a good job of drawing some real world parallels to violence so someone can see a connection and go, oh, I get it without making it glamorized or, yes. you know, does that make sense? Because like a yeah. lot of times when we talk about like the impact of violence on kids, it's like them playing a Grand Theft Auto game or something like that, where <laughs> the intent is different and there's less subtlety and nuance. entertained at others expense is a sobering visual in this series but not unlike our society's incessant consumption of reality television and uh, professional sports sure who pays the highest price in these other areas well one of the things i really really like about this series is what it says about class right and class structure the different districts there's an interest this interesting dynamic of like 12 and 11 the ones on the fringes obviously have have it the worst right and the ones closer to the capital have things much much better but it's like rungs on a ladder of oppression at least when i watch the movie and Cato at the end is like i can do this i can still win these games you really are drawn to the conclusion oh even the ones in district one are still being thrown into an arena and asked to kill 24 other kids so i do think the class discussion is interesting to me because like in the books and in the movie gail references you get extra money for putting your name in more times so they're like how many times your name in gail 48 so the people entered into the games are usually going to be the poorest of the poor from the outlying districts so i do think Mm -hmm. that's an interesting dynamic that's at play in these movies that is exactly right well just kind of drawing the parallel of how the games ruin lives like even haymitch won and he is you know is unable to function most of the time just Trying to forget the images. Forget yeah, he's what drunk, he had to but endure. he has a reason to be drunk, right? Yes, yes. Yes. I feel like in the same way, stars of reality television and professional athletes, their lives are really ours to make or break. When I say ours, I mean culture, society, people paying, you know, to watch these things, people paying for the TV service, the HBO 
the pay-per-view, their lives are in our hands. You know, we have these multi-billion dollar. We ruined her yeah. life for years, right? Absolutely. Jake Lloyd. Yeah, so much so much yes. money and power is pumped into like some of these sports teams and some of these players. You know, we we knight these superstars. Mm-hmm. We offer them gigantic contracts. And when they're all used up, whether it's because they're too old or because they got injured, they become nothing. And, you know, if in the rare occasion someone was, you know, healthy enough and good enough to have a long career, they might go down in history with some notoriety. I even think about like I was I just watched the the last dance, the Michael Jordan mm. documentary. And even Michael Jordan, who's who's widely considered the greatest athlete of all time, <laughs> is overlooked now he's not like a elder statesman of the sport he's kind of just like this guy who pops up every now and then you know he's not someone who stayed with the sport i just think culture has a way of chewing things up and spitting them out Mm. is i guess where i'm going with all of this yeah absolutely in a big roundabout way our media culture builds people up to tear them down that's exactly what we do sorry to bring this up brandon but i'm a massive fan of the show survivor and this past season they did winners at war so everybody who won you know got to come back and fight it out and just in one of the things they were talking about what did this show do to you And so many of them were like, I couldn't trust people. I couldn't trust my family. I couldn't trust my wife after this. I mean, no, it's not like the Hunger Games in that, like, no one's getting killed on the show, but you are watching people like lie to each other and betray each other. And like, they're forming alliances to turn on them and stuff. And like, you know, I'm, I'm eating it up because it's like, it's entertaining and it's, and it's fun for me to watch. Whereas, you know, even though the people realize in this scenario, I think that they're signing up for a game, they really don't think about like, well, what is the long term impact this is going to have on me? And for some people, like, what is the world's perception of me going to be based on what the editors or the producers want to do with you know the show in order to make it more entertaining it's kind of like there's so much more i think to being a reality tv star or even a sports person because there's your image too right and that's like being created by a publicist or, or again like producers of a show or whatever and there's so much more that goes into it than just like this is who i am and you even see that in hunger games when they're like we're gonna set your dress on fire when you go in and it's gonna look cool yeah. by the way you need to smile more by the way you need to do this to get the support and you know that's I mean, we we hear about that all the time from actors about like, I played the game for this long and here's everything that that went in with it. Yeah, I watched it. I'm a big Survivor fan, too. And I was like, this this is like a great season of Survivor because the whole point is like there can only be one winner. Right. You're yeah. going to go as far as you can. But how long is it going to take for the person I'm aligned with to stab me in the back? Which, right. oh boy, I love, I love, I love. Um, yes. The other thing, <laughs> it's great content. It's great Tried content. <laughs> yes, oh it has. The, the other big thing I think that's sort of interesting is this book came out in like 2008, which was, I'm not going to bring up the Great Recession stuff, but it, it was right as like, I feel like social media was cresting. It's before Twitch and live streaming were big things, right? Like it was kind of as like these new social media channels were starting to get more and more popular. I feel like this is like a precursor in some ways to the way that teenagers today are being asked to always be performing and always be cognizant of the way their online presence is being scrutinized. I watched this movie and I'm thinking to myself, 
First of all, the Hunger Games is a big Fortnite map. That's the way it works. There's a resource <laughs> yeah. dump in the middle. People yep. get killed, and then they put your gamer tag in the sky at the end of the day, right? She was, like, predicting things that were to come just a few short years later. But there's an element in the books that I feel like is lost a little bit in the movie, which is they're very aware of how their actions are being scrutinized by the viewers at home, by the people in the right, districts, right. right? And I think that is an interesting element in how every kiss, the romance story between Peta and Katniss, right? That's a huge performance. And that's a big thing that happens in our media culture as well. We're given these delicious narratives, Boston Rob and Amber and Survivor, so whoever, right? We, we eat it up. We love it. To a much, 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 much smaller degree, though, like... I think about the three of us, like our first episode when we were like, oh. no one's listening. And now, you know, like, I think it's just part of the thing when you know that there's still no audience. one's listening. Yeah. Still, no still one's there's listening. no one listening. <laughs> <laughs> but even even now, like, you know, and I think you see that with again, I love what you're saying about social media, Mitch, whereas like as people are getting older, there's more of like, here's how I need to conduct myself online so I don't put off this vibe or this vibe or, you know, the opposite. Like, I need to conduct myself so people think think this about me and that's how we get things like you know virtue signaling and and, and crap like that you know right yeah. and that's what the games do to the players they become dehumanized they become pawns and i think we can see those parallels in the way we feel in our lives powerless and used by larger systems of control which mm -hmm. feels a little bit on the nose and overwrought for me to say that way but i do think a lot of us feel like we're in the hunger games sometimes about young adult franchises that set us aflame like the girl on fire i put the pedal down on that yeah one, you did <laughs> a flame with desire is what that sounds like to me which <laughs> oh wolf <laughs> uh i think there's something youthful and exciting about ya franchises there's mm. there's definitely an escapism sure. aspect also exploring some new shtick like i said before some new world some new element i think we like the idea of the rules of our modern society not applying in our literature and our entertainment. You know, there's a new set of rules. There's a new set of standards. I think that is something that is true kind of across the board with some of the franchises we've talked about. And I think they just tend to push the boundaries with concepts and story. I think there's a lot of stale genres we've talked yes. at nauseum about. It's like about you can either read this genres. Jonathan Franzen book on the Oprah book list about being in the suburbs and being dissatisfied, or right. you can read The Maze Runner, right? Like sure. It, the, the choice is clear to me, right. you know? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree, though. We know that we're going to be doing some discovering. Yes. We know that we're going to be unearthing new concepts, new ideas. So I think there is something appealing about at least picking up the new YA book. Maybe not always seeing the movie, but the, just the stories usually are ones that grab people. I think there's something to, first of all, I love the YA genre because it acknowledges the complexity of our lives in the stage between, you know, childhood and adulthood. There is a lot going on. Among 
emotionally for us during those formative years. It's a big deal. I do think the popularity of this genre might have something to do with the arrested development of our age. And you could speak to like the economy on that, right? Like the way that you know, we have been perpetually kept in a, at a younger stage in life. That might just be the way I interpret it. But they're also just dang good books, though, y'all. Like a lot of great content. And in the, in the A Block, I really want to drop like The Hate You Give, if you haven't read that, like is a revolutionary book. Like it's, they talk about topics, these books talk about, talk about topics that are really, really important to our time and really condense these really important messages for a wide readership. So absolutely, I think, I think it's a dope genre and we should appreciate it. I mean, let me say, these are the books that I would stay up till three, four in the morning reading. Yes. Thanks I have it. read plenty of other genres and, and just books in general in my tenure as a reader. But when I went through kind of my very confined YA period, those were the long nights. Now, when I get tired, I close the book. I put it down. It didn't matter if I was tired or not. I had to read another chapter, yes. another chapter, another chapter, keep going. Oh, the book, you know, finish the book. When's the next one come out? Like this is, it was just like this, you know, <laughs> perpetual roller coaster ride. Zach, I think I think you need to jump in here. You have yeah. you're making some faces, oh, and trying, I, I think there's stu- there's I'm, stuff to say. I'm trying to think <laughs> about why this genre doesn't attract me because because it just doesn't. And again, like I don't want to say that I think I'm better than this genre or anything like that. That's not the case. <laughs> like because I know that once I say this isn't my thing, people are going to think, oh, because you think it's for children. It's like no, like it's just not Hunger Games. I didn't see it when it came out because it didn't grab my interest. And Divergent, I didn't see when. It came out because same thing. And, you know, the YA novels I never really gravitated towards. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out, you know, why that is. And again, this is going to sound pejorative and that's not my goal. I think for me, I think I've, I've realized that I don't really care about genre and I tend to like more filmmaker driven movies. Like I tend to care more about like who directed it or who wrote it or who's kind of behind the scenes rather than, well, this is the genre of the movie. And I, you know, I think Marvel kind of started doing that a little bit more with like, oh, here's our director for this movie. And now DC is a little bit like, here's our director for this movie. The YA genre doesn't really do that. It's kind of a little more like these books that you love have been brought to life. So that's, I think that's what I'm sitting here trying to figure out. Again, I don't disagree with anything that you've been saying. Like I hear everything you're saying and I'm like, that makes total sense to me. Well, would this be feel fair? Like, I feel like what you're expressing in something I, I think I've noticed about you is you are drawn to not like like auteurs but you're drawn to the voice of specific creators and artists right yeah you find people who you appreciate their work and you follow them uh, which i think is a cool way to approach you know the stuff you consume i think it's not that i'm drawn to the ya genre specifically I'm usually drawn to the story itself and Mm -hmm. why, you know, stories can be, I think Brandon, you're expressing this, not sensationalistic, but uh, definitely more gripping, more willing to maybe be a little bit more plot heavy and engage the reader in that way. So I think they're easier to digest in some ways. And that's what can draw me. Not that it's lower art, though, that has been something that's been lobbed against the YA genre for a long time. But it is more accessible. It's because they can be a little bit more plot heavy, with the exception of like all John Green stuff again, because he just (laughs) likes to have teenagers talking to each other. It's exciting to read and it's going to have something worthwhile to say most of the time. Well, guys, any final thoughts 
on the Hunger Games? I remember I was talking to someone and they had just seen Star Wars for the first time. And I was like, oh, what'd you think? And they were like, eh, you know, I, I kind of wasn't into it. And I was like, oh, really? And like trying to like talk it out with them. And then they said, well, Hunger Games is my Star Wars. And now after having this discussion, it's kind of I've I've had the realization if you're interested in watching a movie that's going to deal with, you know, kind of a lot of themes and a lot of plot, then that's just going to that's just going to speak to you more, you know, and I'm not saying that, <laughs> that that stuff's not in Star Wars, but I think that there is also a large audience that loves seeing something that they love come to life you know something that that they read and had a connection with i think that for a lot of people there's something that can be so satisfying or devastating about seeing it on the big screen and i think for hunger games it was for the most part they they got it right you know they they got it or they got it close enough for people where they could watch the movies and be excited and be really happy about how they turned out and i think you know with the ya when they get it right they get it really right and you know it can kind of speak for a generation of uh, of moviegoers and I think that when they get it wrong, it just kind of fades into the background. And so I think that, you know, I think that's why people are hungry for more YA stuff, because when they get it right, it's kind of everyone can rally around behind it and everybody can support it and kind of like hoist it up and celebrate its quality. Well, you said one thing specific that I think is absolutely true. People love seeing things that they cherish and that they have a connection with come to life on the big screen. I think that is absolutely true. That's the big draw with these franchises, for me at least, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I love seeing how, how are they going to create these things? How are they going to bring these things to life on the screen? I think that's absolutely true. Um, Hunger Games, to me, is first and foremost a book. I thought it was a pretty great book. Um, it made a fun movie. I think it has some great moments in it, but I don't think it's a home run. I think it's absolutely worth a watch. It has compelling characters, and I and I think even, you know, getting into Catching Fire, I think the characters get better. But uh, I think uh, I think it's definitely worth your time. Just a couple thoughts in closing. Uh, one, Lenny Kravitz. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> what a delight. <laughs> yep. yes, what a delight. Yes. Yes. Two, Hamish on the train asks for the marmalade, so he is basically Paddington. These are just things I really want to make sure that I said before the episode ended. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm using my time. Three, the wetness of Hamish's wig. Okay, I got those out of the it's, way. It's yes, terrible. it's it's rough. It's rough. No, I mean, I think the big thing for me uh, with the Hunger Games series in particular is what the series says. Um, a lot of YA, it's it's that's not what draws me. This particular franchise obviously just feels incredibly timely, right? It's very much about what we're seeing in the world today. It's about um, economic inequality. It's about police states. You know, even this week, just with a lot of the violence we've been seeing from the police, it has been... Uh, challenging to to get myself to watch these movies because it is so just on the nose of what's what's happening in our world. But I do think that's that's what draws me to a series like this. It it was hard watching this time for me because I felt like a member of the Capitol. I'm sitting on my nice couch 
eating a bowl of frosted flakes, like very comfortable watching a revolution play out before my eyes. And I think that's something the series does very well. It indicts the viewer. It definitely made me grapple with, I'm watching a lot of violent stuff for entertainment that is not dissimilar to what the people in the capital in this series do. So I felt challenged. I, I think the stories have a lot to say especially for this genre and i think that's like super super impressive that it's able to pack all this in and i'll wrap it up here the, the hunger games is a really fascinating story about um you know warfare and government i'm sort of intrigued to potentially read this prequel that just came out about snow i wasn't gonna because i didn't want to read a book that would glorify like a dictatorial tyrant but the more that I <laughs> have dived into the series, I do think there's just such a surprisingly nuanced take about, you know, the give and pull of changing power that it, it definitely makes me want to uh, dive in and get a second, second helping uh, of the Hunger Games. I'm a hungry boy for more Hunger Games. Hey, Mitch, do you have a problem with me saying, why do we hunger games for the next great YA franchise? God almighty. No, it's fine. Do you have a problem with it? No, okay. it's fine. It's fine. Well, <laughs> well, I'll try to uh, emphasize. Are we, are we going to be proud of it? No. I waited until we hit record so because I, I knew you would say. Yeah, yeah. this is all. We're keeping the this. Clock is so I laid the money That's going down. at the end. That's the stinger. <laughs> delicious thank you for listening to our episode on the ya sensation that swept the nation if you like our show and want to see what we're up to why not head over to facebook instagram or twitter we can be found at the real boys that's r-e-e-l boys and make sure you check out our other shows like phantasmic and godfellas if you have a few moments, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out. Well, we will return in two weeks, and we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only, watching Inglorious Bastards. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.